Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? I'm CT. I'm Kyle, and you're listening to What's Up, Nephew? Powered by Athletes 360. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? I'm like, what's up? Where you been? What you know about? Oh, no. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up with you? Oh, yeah. What's up, nephew? Hello? Yo, what's good, nephew? What's up? You ready to get started today, kid? I'm ready. All right, let's start right in. Yo, what's up, everybody? We're back again. I'm CTM. This is my co-host, my nephew, Makai. We got another exciting show for you guys today. Um, we're going to talk about some of the new NBA coaching hires. We're going to talk about the World Series. My Dodgers about to pull it out. <laughs> and we're going to talk about this week's Athlete of the Week, Ryan Coogler. So let's start right in. All right, so first we got this or that. And my first question is, which team's fans is most annoying? The Washington football team or Dallas Cowboys? Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you, both both sets of fans are very annoying, if you ask me. <laughs> like, every year they think their squad is going to be nice, but then they end up getting disappointed. But I think I'm going to have to go with, with the um, Washington football team. Um, you know, the one, especially the ones I know, you know, they come off, you know, well, for one, most of them is like, how did you even become a Washington football team fan? Like, like, where did you come from? And then, and then, you know, I just feel like they just have all this faith in their team and, you know, they swear that, you know, they just, you know, one piece away, you know, all they need is a quarterback. Um, all they need is a special piece on defense, and it's gonna take them over the top. And it's like y'all get y'all get that one piece, and y'all be nowhere near. Um, so I'm gonna have to go with the Washington football team as the most annoying fan. I'm gonna have to go with Dallas. <laughs> Why you every, pick Dallas? Every season, every year, is always they just always brag about how oh this our season, this our year, this our year. We're gonna do big things this season. We're gonna win this season. And, America <laughs> and, and, and ends up being horrible, terrible, or not terrible, but just they they never live up to the hype. Yeah, so that's true. Go down. Yeah, and then they always want to talk about how many rings they got. Like they've gotten rings in the last twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next question: of the new NBA coaching hires, which one is going to make their team better? So we got hmm. the Nets with Steve Nash. We got the Clippers with Tyron Lue. We got the Pelicans with Steve and Gunny. We got 76ers with Doc Rivers. And we got the Pacers with Nate Morgan. Um, I mean, okay, so I don't, I don't think the Nets one is fair, right? Because, you know, you know, the this isn't the same squad that the other coach got to coach that um, Steve Nash is going to get to coach. Like, Steve Nash is going to get a squad with KD and possibly Kyrie. So, I think that's not even fair. So, I'm going I'm to I'm lead them off the list. Um, so, I think... Ooh. 
I think I'm gonna go with Doc. Doc? I think Doc. I think Doc Rivers is gonna make the Sixers better than what they are. You know, I think he's gonna work on some of those that chemistry thing. Um, he's gonna, you know, make sure you know they, that's a young squad. Make sure they know how to what it means to play hard and to be true professionals. Because um, you know, it's a lot of babies, a little baby stuff going on over there. If you ask me, like stuff that. Just you can tell that they young boys. So I think he gonna you know get some of that stuff in check. I think they gonna ball up. Who you think? Um, I'm also going with Doc and the Sixers. Um, I honestly think that 76ers they have a lot of potential, but as you said, it's just a lot of like little things that I just feel like they just gotta get fixed and just work out. And I just feel like Doc is gonna be the best coach to fix that. And I think Doc, he just gonna, he gonna. I feel like he just gonna install a different system that's just gonna really work with him. So I'm going with Doc. Yeah, and I think they might have a better chance. You know, they, ain't, you know, coming out the East. So I think that's a, also a better look for them as well. Yeah. All right, and my last question: um, Which games are you most looking forward to this weekend? Hmm. Man, really, I'm enjoying this World Series. Um, these games have been exciting. It's like it's like a true World Series, you know. They going, they going at it, you know. Dodgers won the first, Rays took the second one. Right now, um, as we are, as we're recording, the Dodgers are up in Game Three. So I think I'm really looking forward to that. And then I want to see, um, I want to see what you know, Ohio State's back in action this week too. So I think I'm excited to see what Justin Fields got this year. Alright. Um, I'm looking forward to um seeing Justin Fields back on the field, you know. See what he do because last year he had an amazing season with Ohio State, so I wanna see what he can do this year. And also I wanna um be tuning into um the Steelers versus the Titans this weekend. They're both mm. undefeated, five and zero. Um Derrick Henry's a beast. The Steelers been looking real, real nice. So I think that's gonna be a real, real good game. Yeah, that should be that should be a good match. Yeah. Who you who you think gonna win it? You think gonna pull it up? Um I got the Titans. You got the Titans? Yeah. But I, I will say like it seemed like everybody's scared to hit Derrick Henry. Right? So mm-hmm. I think I think one thing about the Steelers is they gonna they gonna hit them legs. Nah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. I just think Derrick Henry is just, I don't know. That's a monster, like, I don't know. I don't know. I think if somebody hit him a few times, hit him low a few times, I think he gonna, he ain't going to run. Because he, he runs so hot. Like, all he got, the way he runs, he runs so hot. I mean, I know he's, he's a taller back, but he runs so high. You hit him low a couple of times, I think you're going to take out some of that greatness. We'll see. And then also, the Titans, I kind of feel like it's almost like a one-man show. So, I feel like you take out Derrick Henry, you win the whole game. Because Tannehill, yeah. he's not really that great of a QB. So, I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's going to be my last question. All right. So, let's move on to our next segment. What's happening? What's happening? What's I talked a little bit about it in the last segment, but the World Series is underway. 
Um, both teams got a, has a win under their belt. You said they wasn't going to make it. You said they was finished last last series, but my Dodgers, you know, they made it. Um, what are your thoughts on the World Series so far? Um, going into game three right now, I just looked at the score. Um, the Dodgers is smacking the Rays right now. But Dodgers going to win. You think the Dodgers going to win it all? You want them to win because that was your prediction, but the Dodgers, the Dodgers are going to win. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, for me, one of the things that's interesting to me, the most interesting to me about um, this World Series is the payroll discrepancies, right? So, mm-hmm. I think the entire Rays roster um, salary for the entire team was like $26 million, where that's how much the Dodgers are paying their top two players, Clayton Kershaw, and Mookie Betts, their salary combined for just them two is about $27 million. So I think that's just interesting. You know, you get to see the tale of two teams, right? You get to see this team that went out and bought all the star players and brought them here. <laughs> and then you got, like, a team that worked the form system, kind of developed their players. What are your thoughts about, about that? Which one do you think is better? Like, if you were a GM, which one would you rather do? Um... I don't know, because, like, sometimes you might want to feel a little greedy and just be like, you know, I want to win now. Like, I don't got time to wait. But then, actually, I don't know. I'm going to go with the race. I like how they did that thing. Like, they built, they beat, they built their success. Yeah. So, it was exciting. They was willing to take them bad seasons and stuff like that for them to end up eventually having a good season. So, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is is Mookie Betts. So, Mookie Betts has been having, like, a dynamite. The last two series, he's been very dynamite, making big plays um, in the outfield as, as well as making these timely hits. And, and I guess, you know, for the Dodgers, like, that's what we paid for. So, I've really been enjoying watching Mookie Betts play, play. I mean, play, and I'm like, why would anybody let him go? Like, why would you even let him? <laughs> <laughs> Mookie goes to the Dodgers. He's so good, but I mean, Gold Glove outfielder. Um, but yeah, so that's all. Um, you wanted to talk a little bit about some um, some NBA news. So, um, I just read this a couple hours ago, but Amari Stoudemire has now been added to the Nets coaching staff. So, what do you have that's to say? I think that's dope. Um. You know, when you just said Amari Sotomayor in the net, you know, I just had flashbacks to, you know, the Steve Nash and Amari Sotomayor days with the Suns. Like, you know, they was this dynamic duo. And it's like, the boys are back. So, um, I'm excited. I ain't even, I really didn't even know Steve Amari was um, coaching. So, I know <laughs> that was interesting. But, yeah, I think that's dope. Um, I you know, I'm, I'm happy for him, you know, whatever, and I, I hope he can, hope they can have some success there. Not too much, because, you know, I want LeBron to get another one, but I hope they can have some success, <laughs> success there. What about you? It threw me off, because I was like, like, I honestly thought it was, like, fake news. <laughs> I was like, he coaching. Like, nobody had been talking about that. Like, I've never heard of that. 
So then for yeah. me to hear out, it has to be fake news. But I did a little bit more research, and it's actually true. So, um. But I wonder if he's going to be, like, one of the coaches that's, like, going to be sitting beside Steve Nash. or he's going to be, like, at the back, you know, on the third row with the clipboard. You know how, like, they got different levels of, seat, of, Honestly, of assistant he coaches. Might, he might be the coach that's third row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going he, he gonna to be the coach. Like, that's going like the third row, for sure. Maybe not, though. Maybe they'll use his own. You know, they're going to use his veteran, his NBA knowledge. Play, he played the game, so maybe he'll be on the court. <laughs> I don't know, though. Um, you, you see, you heard what Kyrie said. What did you say? He said they don't need a coach or something like that. He said something crazy like that. He said they ain't need a coach. Yeah. Said, you didn't hear I'm, about I'm, that? No, nah, I, I remember what he said about, you know, he finally got somebody on his team. He can trust to take the last shot. I thought that was right. No, he said he because I remember Stephen A. Smith addressed that scene, and I was like, mm. I had mixed emotions about it because mm. I was thinking like in the NBA, you need a coach regardless of anything. You need a coach, but it also is very based on like your skill. So. Yeah, he said, I don't really see us having a, a head coach. Oh. Yeah, I wonder, about do you think that's going to cause some beef among that team? Like, do you think, if he's talking like that, that could potentially be a disaster for Steve Nash? What do you think? Kyrie Irving um, has been proven to be a cancer. So, <laughs> him saying stuff like that and sending out bold shots like that. Right? So you just hired this coach for you to say something crazy like that? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's going to harm them. Yeah. I hope they, you know, hash that out. Whatever whatever feelings Kyrie has going on now, they had to get them together before the season starts. Cause that, that could be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about NASCAR. Um, you know, I, I guess they announced it now, maybe like a month ago, that Michael Jordan was starting his own racing team, um, Team Jordan. And guess who's joining the squad? Bubba Wallace is going to drive the number 23 car. What's your thoughts? Um, that's that's big. Yeah. Um, Bubba, Bubba Wallace is a big name in a NASCAR. Like racing circuit, and for Jordan to sign him, I think for one of his racers to be a big name racer, I think that's kind of big. And it's also different. Like the other day, I literally was just thinking about that. Like Jordan, he's kind of involved in every other sport, but I haven't really seen him do anything dealing with like NASCAR. And then boom, this pops up. So yeah, yeah, I think it's dope. Um, I'm excited to see. I'm actually one excited to see what kind of way what, what Jordan is really gonna do with that. Like, um, you know, I just hope he gets some a good team behind him that that knows the game and knows NASCAR. Yeah. So, you know, you know, Bubba and his team can be as successful as possible. But I'm excited to see um what's gonna come with this. 
Um, I think it's something that we should definitely keep a eye on. Um, and then lastly, your boy, I guess he's making his return to the NFL. Um, just today, I guess not 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 too long ago, we found out that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have signed um, Antonio Brown. What are your thoughts? Um, um, I don't I don't think that's a good move for the Bucks. Um, why not? Each year he keeps coming back. He's on the team, and then boom, like, he only plays, like, two games or a game, and boom, he's kicked right off the team. Um, I think, I think he's also a proving cancer. I think he's another cancer in the locker room. And I just, I just think he's trouble. You don't think so, his talent, you don't think his talent means more than weight costing in the locker room? The trouble no. he may cause? No. How many rings does he have? Mm, what do you got, one? I think he got one. I don't even think he got one. He ain't got one with the Phillies? I don't think so. Yeah, he doesn't have any. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, no. He, I think he's a cancer in the locker room. He's just trouble. I just think he just brings trouble to the team. So, I don't think that was a good move. Yeah, um... I mean, when I when I first started come across the tickets, you know, I was like, "Oh man, Tom Brady really loves this guy." <laughs> Tom Brady really loves this guy because it seems like everywhere Tom Brady goes, he follows him. He like, "Come on, bring Antonio Brown!" Like he he must really loves him as a receiver. But like, I wonder has he learned his lesson? Um, I wonder did he really take. The rest of the last season, he spent most of the last season, you know, calling out teams that, you know, cut him or released him and telling them how much they regretted and, you know, had his run in with the law. Um, so I wonder, has he really had time to really think about, you know, everything that he has going on so he can, you know, come with a clean state, a clear mind and like just play the game. So, I don't know. It, he has the potential. I mean, he, I guess, I don't know. I guess, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I I'm, I'm, I think I'm I'm with you. I don't know if it was a good idea, but, you know, I think we'll see. Um, I guess Tampa Bay is willing to take the risk on, on him, so we'll see if it's a good thing. I mean, the guy is very talented on the field, but, like yeah, you said, like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? So we shall yeah. see. Um, yeah, and and actually, while we're here, other football news. I don't know if you saw that. Um, the Dolphins have said um, Tua was going to now be their starting quarterback. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? They um, they bit Brian Fitzpatrick after he got a blowout win. What are your thoughts? He's been playing good. And so for them to yeah, she's playing good. And for them to start Tua, yeah, they just named him the starting. They just named him the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Well, I guess until he proved that he can't be the starter. I say, um, how you say his name? Fitz. Fitz. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, he needs. He needs to get traded. He needs to get out of here. Um, I understand. Oh, but. 
You gotta think about it. The Dolphins now, I think their whole mindset is gonna be focused on Tua. So I think yeah. Tua is just gonna become your man. Like it's just everything is gonna evolve around Tua. So I say, in order for him to continue his career, I think that he actually needs to get out of here. And he's actually been playing decent. And for Tua to only play two plays in the NFL. And then boom, his next game he gets the starting job. I don't, I don't like that at all. So yeah, yeah, I mean, of course we all knew that you know, they drafted him um, so high. So yeah, of course he is the future. He is the future for the Dolphins. But I really don't, I don't understand like why, why they decided to you know make the jump so quickly. Like especially like Ron Fitzpatrick, you know he's he's. He's been doing pretty good. Like they three and three right now. They won two straight. Um, the last game it was a twenty four to zero win. Um, so I don't, I really don't understand. I know you know the fans are excited for tours. Um, he has a lot of potential, but just to throw him in like this, I mean, I hope he's ready. And you know, I guess I would be okay with this if they. You know, how sometimes when they throw rookie quarterbacks in, so. It could like ruin their career, right? Yeah. And, you know, you'll never hear from them. You know, they'll play one or two seasons and then they be done. These high, highly drafted quarterbacks. So if you're going to tell me that, like, you're willing to take all um, all the rough patches that's going to come with two of being the starter and you're going to stick with them, okay, put them in. But if you're not going to do that, I think they should let them develop. You know, go to Aaron Rodgers' method, let them sit beside, behind somebody. And learn, and then in two or three years, put them in. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But I do see. You know, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick has proven that he can win, and then he can be a quality starter. So I think you're right. Somebody will be we calling for him soon. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So that's our segment for the week. Um, moving on to the next one. And now, the Athlete of the Week! Alright, so this week's Athlete of the Week is um, film director, producer, and screenwriter Ryan Coogler. Do you know who Ryan Coogler is? Um, yeah, he was the director of um, Black Panther. Yep. That was, it. that was who he was. So, I don't know if a lot of people knew, but he also played college ball, college football. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's why, you know, you know, I chose him as our athlete of the week. So, Ryan was born May 23rd, 1986 in Oakland, California. Um, during his youth, he ran and played football, and football was, like, his main love. He said, you know, I was a physical kid. I had a lot of anger issues. I would get picked on, so I would fight a lot. And I wanted somewhere where I could fit in, and football was that outlet. And, you know, football is something that, you know, he kind of stuck with. Um, He says football gave him balance. He says, I remember stepping on the field for the first time, and it was those few moments I was like, yeah, my life has changed. I found something that I'm good at, that I actually like, that I can look forward to. I felt like I belonged. Um, so yeah, so like from an early age, you know, he, he took, he found football and he took a liking to it. 
And because of his talent and because of his great grades, um, his senior year in high school, he was heavily recruited by schools like Harvard, Princeton, and Penn. And even though um, he really liked Penn, you know, the Ivy League school, Penn, um, he ended up accepting a full ride to St. Mary's College of California to play football. Mm. So um, during his time at St. Mary's, he was a chemistry major. But between, you know, all the, like, I don't, well, you don't know. So when you get to college, you got, when you take a science class, with all the science, all the major science classes, you have to take labs too. And labs are like where you actually put all the science that you're learning about in the um, seminar class, which is like the big teaching class, you got to like put it to work. So I guess if you're a science major, you got a bunch of labs. So he, you know, he was having trouble, you know, balancing the labs and the load of playing football. So it really wasn't working out for him. So, you know, he had took, he was, he had ended up taking, you know, as he was thinking about changing his major, he was taking a creative writing class. And um, it was his professor that read one of his works, read one of his assignments, and she told him that, you know, he should think about writing screenplays. And that was how he realized that he had a talent for writing. And, you know, maybe one day he wanted to, to write movies. So then something happened. So while he was at St. Mary's, they dropped the football team. So then he had the opportunity, because he was, you know, doing pretty decent on the football field, to transfer to another school. So he tra- transferred um, to Sacramento State University. Um, and, you know, not only – when he was there, he got to have a pretty distant football career. He got to take film classes and really, you know, learn about the film industry and, you know, the behind the scenes of that. And um, one of the things they say, he says, football was what gave me discipline. The sport taught me how to deal with, with negativity. It gave me confidence and a fulfillment like nothing I've ever um, experienced until his career in Hollywood. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so like 10 years after, you know, he, he, he graduated from high school, 10 years later, um, he debuted his first indie film, Fruitvale Station. Now, you know, you know Fruitvale Station, right? Yeah. The movie with yeah, um, Michael B. Uh, Jordan, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, it was, it was the, um, movie where Michael B. Jordan portrayed Oscar Grant. Um, you know, Oscar Grant was murdered by, the um the train station police in Oakland. And, you know, that was the first um movie that, you know, Ryan wanted to tell that he, he told. And it he was an indie film, which he actually won both the Audience Award and the Grand Prize Award at the Sundance um film festival. So that's like the biggest film festival there is for in, independent films. So he won that. And then, you know, his film actually you know, went on to the big screen. Um, and then, you know, he's he's known for other big box movies, um, including Creed and, like you said earlier, Black Panther. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I really like about Ryan is, you know, when I, when I think about him and I think about him as a director, as a writer, I think about representation. Um, and I think about, like, the importance of representation and the way that Ryan Coogler is actually 
contributing to the cause. Um, so I wanted you to listen to this quote real quick. I mean, listen to this segment from um, an interview with D.L. Hughley. Listen to it. The only way that we can guarantee that they are not these, like we can't keep having these kinds of things happen and everybody kind of go, that's the way things are. Um, because we can't pretend to be a society. You can't say in a society that um, we're all about justice and you're innocent to proven guilty, but an officer can summarily uh, uh, slaughter someone on the streets and, and no one be about to account to Even if we know that they did it. Like Philando Castile, he didn't break the law. We saw what happened. Right. We weren't uncomfortable with it. I, I tell you what, the most dangerous place for black people to live is in white people's imagination. Like it's never the guy they see. It's not the black guy, it's the black guy in Chicago. It's the black guy they saw right. on the news. It's the black guy on the video. Like, I'm scared of the black dude in their imagination. Like, well, I, hope, <laughs> I hope I never meet him. You know what, that's a powerful observation, because, I mean, that, that really is it. It's, it's more the idea of the right. black man than the actual black man. It's, it's an idea that's being perpetuated through whatever it might be, Even the news if you or look screen at or... What happened with Trump and Obama? Everything they said about him was made up. He, he doesn't belong here. He's a Muslim. He wasn't born here. He hates America. He's really a terrorist. Right. And people believed it. They believed it because the, 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 the idea of us is much more impact, impactful and fearful than the reality of us. All right, so what are your thoughts about what D.L. Higley just said? Um, that's a very good quote. Um, yeah. he, said, he said, the most dangerous place for black people to live is in white people's imaginations. Yeah. So like, what, do you, what do you think about that? Basically, what I got off that is just like, it just made me think about how all these black people, innocent black people have just been killed, just innocently just killed for no reason. But it's just this image that a lot of people see of black people in their mind is that they see a lot of black people as monsters or criminals. And they, or they just have this image of us that is just so bad. And yeah. basically, they just, oh, they just, they blaming it just it's very stereotypical. Yeah. Uh, um and to be honest, I believe that image that they have is from you know, not only what what they see, what they see in the media, right? What they see on T V. Um and I think I, I think, you know, that's a, a large part of it. And it's interesting that you say, you know, it's very stereotypical. Um, what is a stereotype? A stereotype is basically like, how can I say this? Um, it's basically like you're judging somebody before you, before you even know them or before, you're judging them before you know the truth, basically. Right. Or you have some pre, um, preconceived ideas about them, right? Yeah. Before you even know, so yeah. Um, can you can you name some like can you name some some stereotypes that we we see in media, like for like for black people or black men? Um, in movies, a lot of black parents portrayed as um single parents that's on welfare mm -hmm. or poor. Yeah. Um, the black people are always considered more athletic. Yeah. They jump higher, they faster. Um, 
What's another stereotype that I see in the media? Um, yeah, that's all I could think of right now. Yeah, those are good ones. Um, and then you know to go over to go a little deeper, you know, you know they see see black men as violent, right? Um, see as as unintelligent, sometimes lazy. Um, um, black women as sexually promiscuous, right? Um, so yeah, those are all the ways in which you know you know media you know, portrays us when, to be honest, that's not the only way that we show up. That's not, that's not, that's not, it's not a one-size-fit-all model for black people, just like it's not a one-size-fit-all for any, for anybody. So I think it's, you know, really unfair, um, you know, for people to judge us like this. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, there's a ways that they're portrayed like that as athletes as well. You know, one of the one of the main ones that I always think about is the way that the tennis world does Serena. And you know, you know, they talked about you know even recently when they was talking about Naomi Osaka when they was trying to compare her to Serena, right? You know, they were trying to say like, oh, she's she's so graceful. She she takes you know her losses and you know bad calls so gracefully, like basically saying that, you know, Serena needs to shut up. Like, Serena can't be herself. You know, you know, Serena, somebody makes a mistake or Serena feels like something is, isn't fair, she's going to let them know about it, right? Um, yeah. And then I remember at one point, you know, you know, they didn't like the way, you know, Serena and Venus, you know, were, were grunt when they hit the ball. You know, they felt like that was unnecessary. And I, and I think that was another, you know, a type of stereotype, you know, like like what what is wrong? What was wrong with that? Like how's that bothering anybody? Um, and yeah. I I showed you the image of LeBron, right? The the um when he was on the cover of, of Vogue with Giselle. When you when mm-hmm. I first when I first showed you that, what were your thoughts? Like you've never seen that before until I showed you. So what were your thoughts when you saw that image? And for those who have never seen the image, um, it's LeBron, you know. He's in, you know, he has a basketball in one hand, and he's, I guess, say, like, hugging um, supermodel Giselle, who's in a dress, and LeBron's in basketball shorts and a um, cutoff shirt, and he's, you know, hugging Giselle around the waist, dribbling a basketball, and, like, yelling, like, <laughs> with his mouth wide open. So when you, when you first saw that, what were your thoughts? Um, when I first seen that, First, I've never seen a Vogue cover, so, like, I really didn't know, like, what was I supposed to be, like, expecting or anything like that. But what I did first see was I seen LeBron James and basically a basketball attire with a lady in a dress. So, um, and, yeah, with LeBron James yelling. So I kind of really didn't understand it because it was like, okay, why is he in basketball attire and she's in a dress? Right. So it threw me off. I didn't really understand it. And I showed you the image of King Kong. Then what did what what did you think? Then I was like, okay. They kind of like portrayed him as like a gorilla, like a beast. Yeah. Like a monster. They got him yelling just like King Kong, and King Kong he has a woman in his hand. 
LeBron James has one in his hand. She's wearing a dress. In the King Kong um, photo, she was wearing a dress. So I was like, okay. So yeah. y'all, y'all see him as a beast, a gorilla. Right. That's what and that's crazy because, like, LeBron is probably one of the best athletes of his time. Like, yeah. he could have got fly. He, they could have got him fly for that. And, but instead, you know, they wanted, you know, just to portray him at the, as this, you know, you know, beastly athlete, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that way he can stick to, he can stick to, you know, the shut up and dribble. Like, he looks just like an athlete, nothing else. That's all he looks like he can do. Was that, if it's troubling to you? Um, Once I seen the, the gorilla, the um, King Kong picture, yes, it was troubling. Yeah, and, you know, you know, so we get these types of images, and you know, for me, you know, I'm I'm 32 years old. Um, you know, growing up, you know, I didn't see a lot of superheroes. I I was I wasn't I was grown. Like my first black superhero that wasn't a drunk, that wasn't um um questionable, or was Black Panther. So I saw Black Panther when when my daughter was like five or six years old, she saw, we saw a black superhero for the first time. Um, so I think representation, you know, for you, for your, for your um, age group has, has always been there, right? You grew up yeah. most of your life. Um, you had a black president. Um, you seen, you know, black families on TV shows like blackies and, and that, and that sort. Um, and then, you know, black people need major roles. But for me and people my age, it was a long, it's been a long time coming. So I was going to ask you, um, do you think visibility, black visibility makes a difference? Um, yes. Um, being able to grow up seeing that, seeing black people in power, seeing black people at a higher level, it kind of gives you motivation. It's like, okay, you can make it. You can't make it as a young black black man. You can't make it through a struggle and stuff like that. Yeah. So basically, yeah, I just see stuff like that, and I just see it as motivation. And also, like, what about seeing, like, movies and TV shows with, with kids that look like you as well or families that look like yours? Um, you think that's what- yeah, I think that's big. Um, and just, like I said, it just basically shows, like, you can you can make it as african-american you're not restricted and stuff like that you still can make it you could be on top you could become president you could have these big movie roles and stuff like that so it's just motivation to me yeah and and i believe you know that's what ryan cougar does you know you know like they say he does it for the culture i think that's really you know what he does for the culture, you know, he gives us full story specifically for black people, you know, um, although, you know, Black Panther was a, a mega box movie film, like, you know, everybody went to see it, you know, black, white, didn't matter what color you were. I think he he really made that, you know, with, with black people in mind, you know, and, you know, he got to see, you know, internal beats, you know, you know, how sometimes 
you see conflict between, you know, two races. Like, you know, it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, African-Americans and, and Africans or whatever, you know, how sometimes, you know, there's a little rift there. And I think, you know, that movie kind of, like, showed that a little bit. Um, you know, he got to, we got to represent our culture to the fullest of Black Panther. Um, and yeah. also, like, in a time where, you know, colorism means a lot, like, you know, light skin, dark skin, you know, we we got a representation of strong, powerful, beautiful, dark-skinned black women that you don't really see it, you know, on time. So, like, you know, any other dope women in Black Panther, it was a, a dark-skinned woman. So I think that was dope. You know, I, was, yeah. I think that was dope to be able to show. And, you know, I know that Ryan, you know, he said it in interviews and stuff. That he's very, he was very intentional, intentional about those things. You know, he wanted to give, you know, you know, the audience something that they could see, that they could believe, and they could feel like it was them. And he did the same thing in, in Fruit Bell Station. So, like, you know, according to to the news reports, according to the police reports, Oscar Grant was this this monster, right? This this dude, you know, that he wasn't following the law. But in Fruit Bell Station, we got to see Oscar Grant as a son, as a father, you know, you know, as a friend, we got to see all those things. We got to see who he was, his his full self. And I think, you know, that's one of the dope things about you know Ryan Ryan Coogler. And I think it's also even another dope thing is is that he's doing that, and he, you know, a lot of the things that he's doing, he credits to you know the discipline and, and all the characteristics and and the the knowledge that he got from the game of football when he played it, organized sports to help and he was able to, you know, create the career that he's he's um created for. So so that was our athlete of the week, um, Ryan Cougar. So what are your thoughts, man? You got any other thoughts, final thoughts about Ryan? Um I had did some research on him, like I had looked him up and um I seen that like a lot of movies that he's worked with or was the director of, it's been a lot of like it's been basically a lot of the main characters have been black stars basically. So yeah, um, put out a lot of respect for him for that to show younger yeah. kids like it's kids it's black people out here that has power and you can actually make it. He get yeah. I feel like he gives a lot of young younger African American kids like hope. Yeah, and then he also not only is you know do he you know got we see these people on the tv screen right but then it's also like the way you know social media works and the way you know we get to do all the behind the scenes and stuff they're learning about a, a black director screenwriter right that's, yeah. that's young killing the game like the last um director producer screenwriter that i know that was black was was spike lee you know, he's like my parents' age. So now you got this young dude that's killing the game, making these mega, mega movies, with these huge budgets that he's in charge of. I think that's dope. And I think that, you know, gives people something else that they can do. Like, you know, I can I can make movies if I want to. So shout out yeah. to Ron Kugler. All right. So let's just move on to our, our final segment of the day. Ask Uncle Nephew. 
right, so our Ask Punk and Nephew question comes from Kyrie in New York. And it says, preseason workouts have started, and I'm starting to have trouble balancing school practices and my personal life. My grades are starting to suffer, and I'm afraid my mom is going to pull me off the team if I don't pull them up. Um, any tips on how I can manage it all? Hey, basketball star. Um, any thoughts? Um, I'm kind of honest. This one's kind of hard to answer. I'm kind of going through that right now. Oh, okay. I like uh-huh. to understand. So, so what are what are your are, are you having to adjust? Are you have you made any adjustments? Um, yes, I have made some adjustments. Um, some that I was doing was practice, school, plus training. So, um, okay. I had to put training to the side for a little bit, miss out on a couple weeks of that because I can't play without my grades. So, I had to put that. Put that to the side for a little bit, just so I can focus on my schoolwork and try to get my grades up. So, right. yeah, I think that's good. Um, so you try to you kind of sort of like prioritize what what was the most important to you at this particular time. Um, yeah, I had to prioritize. Say that again. I had to prioritize. Yeah, I think that's major. I think one thing is you know you gotta prioritize what is important to you. So. Um, for Kyrie, um, you gotta know, like, if you wanna, if you're gonna be serious about anything, whether it's, you know, an instrument, a sport, um, computers or whatever, you're gonna have to be able to sacrifice some things. So everything isn't gonna be able to go, gonna go according, accordingly to what you normally do. And also, um, you're going to have to, you know, make some sacrifices. Like, you're going to have to give some things up. So, a lot of times, it is that personal life stuff. It is, you know, to going to the parties, talking to your friends all times of the night, playing the game. So, um, you know, you got to realize, um, prioritize, and, and look at your list. Look at the list of stuff that you, you have on, on your plate and decide what you're going to give up. Um, another thing that I would suggest is, like, start keeping in like a, a calendar or something something where you can like physically see your day like each hour of your day so you know i got school from 8 30 to 2 30 what's next 2 30 2 33 i gotta eat and i got three to four to do my homework before i gotta leave at 4 15 to go to practice so keep the schedule so that way you know if you're if, you, if there's some wasted time in there you know you know, a lot of times, you know, when I'm having trouble managing time or whatever, um, you know, I start keeping a tab on, like, my day. And I started, but, oh, man, I wasted three hours right here doing nothing, watching TV mm-hmm. or something. You know, like, I could do something with those three hours. So I think that's important, you know, to prioritize your time, um, keep a schedule. But then also, any opportunities you can get, um get ahead on your schoolwork like especially if you can get a couple of days ahead you can get a couple of weeks ahead um do that and then also like you know i I know it's gonna sound like blasphemy but don't waste your weekends um use your weekends to get get ahead as well use your weekends to do work 
I know you want to relax. I know you want to want to sleep longer, but you you can either use your weekends to do work, or that can also like you know Makai, you said you cut you cut training. You can use the weekends to get some training in, right? That's two days that you can get some extra training in. So you know, Kyrie, I hope that's the start. I hope you know um, the tips that me and Makai gave you help you and so that your mom doesn't have to pull you off the thing because I wait for that to happen. Um, Makai, if anybody wanted to ask us any questions for any tips, um, tell them how they could reach you. If you guys have any questions, make sure to hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at AfterReaders360. Alright, so that was our show for today. Um, I'm glad that we got to talk got to talk through today. Um, we had a great show. And before we leave, I want to leave you with a quote. And this quote is from Derek Jeter. It says, There may be people that have more talent than you, but there is no excuse for anyone to work harder than you do. And Makai, what song are we closing with today and why? We're closing out the Fox Fall by Lil' Key. And um, there's really no specific reason. It's just this song just gave me hype. All right, so let's get hype there. All right, we'll see y'all next week. All right, see y'all.